devastating day in Lee County, Alabama, as a violent tornado claims lives. Could be unlucky the area that's travelled through, the quality of the buildings, the awareness of the people, the ability of, of them to get to shelter in adequate time may have made that difference. As International Women's Day approaches, we showcase three women in weather who 150 years ago were ahead of their game. You can imagine her deep frustration when, despite being author of the scientific paper, she was not permitted to actually present her work. And could a cold plunge across the US have implications for the UK weather during this coming week? Areas of low pressure moving in, bringing wind and rain. Risk of gales in places at times, especially through the weekend. It's Wednesday, the 6th of March, and you're listening to Weather Snap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and you're listening to Weather Snap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. It's been five years since a tornado outbreak in the USA killed more than 23 people. The last one was May 2013 in Moore near Oklahoma City. Last year, there were 10 related tornado deaths. However, last Sunday, 23 people lost their lives as an active weather system triggered tornadoes across Lee County in Alabama. Earlier, I talked to Nick Siltstone from the Global Guidance Unit. On Sunday, there was a significant tornado that formed uh, during the late afternoon. Um, what we call a warm sector or some very warm air from the Gulf of Mexico. It moved east across the state, giving it quite a swathe of damage as it moved into Georgia. How strong were the winds? They believe it was on the scale, which is called an enhanced Fujita scale. They believe it was a level three tornado at least. This scale runs from one, being the most minor tornadoes, up to five, which are the most violent. Even though it was an F3, it seemed like it was a significantly violent tornado outbreak. Most of the fatalities appear to be linked to just one, that one single tornado. You just feel that it could be unlucky the area that's travelled through, the quality of the buildings, the awareness of the people, the ability of, of them to get to shelter in adequate time may have made that difference. Now, Alabama's not actually in Tornado Alley. Where is Tornado Alley? Tornado Alley runs from Texas northwards up towards the Dakotas, so it's significantly west of the area affected in this outbreak. It's called Tornado Alley because the ingredients for severe tornadoes most frequently happen in that zone, but it is not known anywhere in the United States. In fact, every single state has recorded a tornado within its history. What is it that causes tornadoes and why does the state suffer more than other countries? You need two ingredients. So you need deep instability, so big thunderstorms. Uh, the state has no shortage of those. And you also need spin in the lower atmosphere, a quantity that we call helicity. The states with its unique geography, the Gulf of Mexico, is a source of lots of warm, low-level moisture. And then the Rockies um, basically gives air that's very unstable at medium levels with a jet stream running over the top. It's the perfect recipe of all three ingredients for deep convection and that spin in the lower levels. So considering Alabama is not in Tornado Alley, we're out of tornado season at the moment because they become more prolific as we head through into sort of spring and summertime. Was this well forecast? The... Yeah, the National Weather Service had advisories out and they had an enhanced risk of convection in this region in advance. They talked about one or two tornadoes possible and it was only really at quite short lead times that we then saw the advisories sort of increasing in strength and, and emphasising the risk of strong tornadoes. Finally, Nick, are there any more likely to develop in the next week or so? This tornado develops ahead of a very marked cold front, 
which has now swept southeast and has basically enveloped the whole USA, pretty much the whole USA, in very cold air. As a result, there'll be no further significant deep convection or thunderstorms for the next, uh, next week or so. This tornado has now been upgraded to an EF4, stronger than any tornado in the States during last year, with estimated winds around 170 miles an hour. Nowadays, careers in weather are not gender-specific, but over a century ago, it was rare to find women in meteorology. And yet, against the odds, they rose through the ranks and made significant contributions. International Women's Day is on Friday the 8th of March, and to mark it, we asked Dr Catherine Ross, Met Office archivist, to give us a rundown of her top three women in weather. At number three, we have Eunice Foote. 1819 to 1888. She was ahead of her time regarding climate change and Eunice carried out essential studies on the greenhouse effect during the mid-19th century. John Tyndall, the far more famous and critically acclaimed Irish climatologist, started his work on carbon dioxide three years after this lesser-known female scientist. Eunice Foote was a women's rights activist as well, and so you can imagine her deep frustration when, despite being author of the scientific paper, Circumstances Affecting the Heat of the Sun's Rays, she was not permitted to actually present her work. It was actually presented by Professor Joseph Henry instead. A man, you'll note. At number two, Eleanor Ormerod, 1828-1901. Eleanor was the first female fellow of the Royal Meteorological Society. Eleanor Ormerod was awarded an honorary LLD, that's Doctor of Laws, by Edinburgh University and was actually the first lady to receive such an honour. She also set up a weather station in Isleworth near London that we still use today in our climate weather records. And at number one, we fast forward to the 20th century and Joanne Simpson, 1923 to 2010. From the first woman with a PhD in meteorology to working at NASA and leading the study science team for the tropical rainfall measuring mission known as TRIM. This was a satellite carrying the first space-based rain radar. She was also a pilot and taught weather to numerous crews during World War II. Interestingly, and quite controversially, she became the director of Project Storm Fury, a 20th century geoengineering project to attempt to weaken hurricanes. Although the project itself was deemed a failure, the new information on the internal structure of hurricanes was actually invaluable to future cyclone prediction. Dr. Catherine Ross. A cold plunge across North America is bringing freezing air to much of the US. It has also reinvigorated the jet stream as this cold air clashes with warmer tropical conditions from the south. It's created a strong and zonal jet stream and this has implications for our weather here in Britain. Here's Ada McGiven with the outlook for the next few days. Following the extraordinary warm end of February, March has started off very differently. Cold air over North America is meeting warm air over the Atlantic and that helps to power an active jet stream. And that active jet stream above the Atlantic is helping to spin up various deep areas of low pressure and sending them our way. And that's likely to continue over the next week or so. 
Areas of low pressure moving in, bringing wind and rain. Risk of gales in places at times, especially through the weekend. And it will turn colder at times as well, particularly heading into next week. That increases the risk that some areas of rain will turn to snow, mainly over the higher ground of the north. So the weather chopping and changing over the next few days. But after all, they do say that March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. Just before we go, Martin Bowles has last week's highs and lows. Here are your UK weather extremes for the last week. The highest temperature was 21.2 Celsius at Kew Gardens in London on the 26th of February. This was the warmest February day ever recorded in the UK. The lowest temperature was minus 3.8 Celsius at Topcliffe in Yorkshire, also on the 26th of February. The wettest place was Kinlochew in Scotland, which received 32.4 millimetres of rain on the 3rd of March. The place with the most recorded sunshine was East Malling in Kent, with 10.6 hours on the 27th of February. Martin, many thanks. If you'd like to know more about tornadoes or the jet stream, there's plenty of informative explainers on our Met Office website and our YouTube channel. I'm Claire Nazir. Producer this week was Adrian Holloway, and this has been Weathersnap. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.